When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, guys. In the biz, this is known as a pre-roll ad. And if you want a pre-roll, then you got to head down to our friends over at Lightshade Dispensary, uh, where you can get 25% off your purchase when you use the code DNVR. Um, it's an awesome place to go and get all of your needs from the dispensary. Uh, and right now, we're talking about Escape Artist, which is the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado that prioritizes quality and consistency with ratios available in 1 to 1 high ratio CBD, 20 to 1. They have you cover, always using the best materials and ingredients to deliver a premium experience. So check out Escape Artists over at Lightshade. I've used this. It's such a great topical cream. Anytime you have an ache or pain, you just throw it on there. All of a sudden, you feel better. Uh, so check out Lightshade Dispensary, whether you want a pre-roll, whether you want that topical cream, and use the code DNVR to get 25% off any purchase. And then there were nine, Andre. And then there were nine. Nine new Denver Broncos. As of today, there's still a few picks left in the round. The Broncos could just trade up just to make our lives miserable, but they won't do that. They won't do that. Uh, So there you go. Nine Denver Broncos draft picks to discuss here today. We talked a little bit, of course, about Nick Benito, about Greg Dulcich. Not like Jokic, he's Dulcich. Uh, I don't know if that's a Croatian thing or if that's just an Americanization thing. I'm not sure I even hear the difference in what you're saying. They sound the same. It should me. be Dulcich with like a CH, but ah. it's Dulcich with like an S. So. Okay. You know, I mean, like when Don you Chich. have locks like that, right, right. Um, that's a better comp. There you Anyways, go. talked about those guys, but now... We have a whole lot more to talk about. So we're going to go through this whole class. Uh, We're also going to grade the AFC West. 
uh, including the Denver Broncos. And we're going to talk to Zach Stevens, who eventually is going to speak with George Payton, Nathaniel Hackett. He's also spoken personally with Nick Benito and Greg Dulcich today. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just out there grinding like he does. It's true. It's so true. we'll talk to him at the can't end wait. of the show. I can't um, wait. Right. We'll also hit some of your guys' super chats and stuff at that juncture as well. But let's jump in here where the Broncos started today, Andre. Damari Mathis, a cornerback out of Pitt. Yeah, um, a guy that Nick Kendall talked to us about yesterday, yep. uh, one of the guys that he kind of had circled, a an analytics darling in um, the completion percentage he allowed. From what I read, only Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley were better um, this past year. Completion percentage allowed. Mm-hmm. I also saw he had a, like a 60.8 QBR allowed. Right, so you like that. Yep. He's feisty. Um a little undersized, right around that 5'11 range. But what Nick was really highlighting was his arm length and how important that is in kind of a modern DB. It's really the only <coughs> – if you have long arms, your height doesn't really matter. Not like you're trying to hit headers in. Jumping ability, long arms, right, it, all, exactly. it all goes a long way in making up those gaps in height. So you see that on tape and the passes defended – He's got some picks to his resume. It's nothing too crazy, but there's some ball skills there. Really going to excel in press man because of that length and feistiness, competitiveness. He's a guy you trust closer to the line of scrimmage. He's going to get in the mix, tackle, and what have you. I look at him as a Kawan Williams replacement. Um, once Interesting. he kind of moves on. I think, he, I, think they, I think they envision him inside. Yeah, and I think that's where he brings the most value. A guy who in cover two, where he's able to play closer, um, certainly cover four, you can trust him. And then what's intriguing is Pitt, he was so good and he's so long, he had to play outside most of the time. Um, Plenty of cover three, you know, press where you'd think he'd fit well too handsy not totally trusting himself um so can be a bit of a liability on deep balls so that's where you do like him as well let's take that out the equation let's take having to defend right keep him near the line keep him you know using that length to disrupt in cutting routes and jump on balls like that there you go Uh, yeah i mean like we used to say like bryce callahan is where slants go to die um (laughs) it's also where like feet go to his own feet go to die um <laughs> but like you, you that length can be so huge in those areas you know those short range areas where you're yeah. defending a slant you're just trying to get your hand in there on a pass that's coming in hot um so i not my favorite pick of the day um good me neither but probably my third third favorite pick of the day oh wow oh wow i like that this next one is I think we agree actually. Probably tied for my first favorite pick of the day. Yeah. Um and this is Ioma Uazarike. Yes. Um he goes by any, so if you want to save yourself uh the 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 trouble there. I believe I'm getting that right. If I'm not, please correct me. I don't like screwing up these guys' names at all. Um so like, you know, I made a commitment to Albert Okuebunam. I'm never I'll never mess that up. Um, but I believe this is Ioma 
Uazarike. Very well done by you, Ryan. Um, he's massive. He's been around for so long. Yes. <clears throat> and he's just... I, honestly, I thought he should have declared a year ago where, again, in a much weaker interior D-line class, it felt like he had some juice. Um, what's Aside from his size, I mean, he is really massive. 6'6", massive wingspan, arms, big hands. Um, heavy hands. Yeah, heavy hands. I mean, that's the best trait. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, 315. So he's he's holding weight pretty decently on that massive frame. And he's a guy who's really going to help you in the math of the D-line. Yep. Keeping guys like Nick Bonito clean, you know. Take that double team on and free up Nick Bonito. What's really cool about Uazarike is this. He's long. Really long. Insanely long. And usually long means, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to use it, but I, it's because I don't have a better one, is is weak, um, is yeah, yeah, can yeah. be pushed around. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You know, like you look around, like Nick Benito is also kind of long and we worry about him in the run game, you know. Sure. Um, but that doesn't apply here. Yeah. And he is yeah. so long and he's also like un immovable. Yeah, and I almost wonder, he mostly played five tech at Iowa State, which, which will fit right in, you know, yep. the Broncos needed rotational guys. I always thought of him as maybe a guy who in the NFL almost makes a Mike Purcell type transition. And that's what I mean, because, you know, Mike Purcell is kind of a one trick pony, right? Yeah, He's yeah. just in there to eat oh. up two blocks. Um, whereas I just think Wazarike is, can be everything. Um, he's he's long enough to line up as a uh, as a you know as a 3-4 defensive end mm -hmm. and actually rush the passer mm -hmm. he's beefy enough and stout enough and strong enough to go over the nose in pass rushing situations no, no. so i'm excited about this guy um and and i put this little anecdote on twitter um, if you want to read about his story, I'm not going to do the like whole so ESPN sob story thing here, um, but he does have a very incredible story and been through a lot in his life. Mm -hmm. But this is my favorite part. And this to me says a lot about a person and a lot about a player freshman year. Well, first of all, misses out on offers from his dream school because of academics freshman year at Iowa state academically ineligible. What was his dream school? Uh, the the Michigan schools. He liked uh -huh. Michigan, uh -huh. Michigan State. He wanted mm -hmm. to be there. He's from Detroit. Uh -huh. um, so freshman year, academically ineligible. Mm -hmm. Senior year, academic all conference. Yeah, really cool. And like, I don't, I don't think you can understate how special that is, because a lot of people in this life, and I'm sure people that are listening to this can relate to this, are just not cut out for school. I personally don't think I was cut out for school. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, I, I, just, you know, scraped my way through mm -hmm. and got a degree and I'm proud of it. Uh, but it was never easy. I, I hated it. Yeah. And a lot of guys, especially in that situation that coming from a tough background, just give up, you know, yeah. and it's yeah. hard to blame them. They don't get a great education before they got to college. It's obviously a lot harder when you get there. And it's really easy to just say, you know what? School isn't for me. Yeah. I'm going to have to sacrifice football for that. Or maybe you go the Juco mm -hmm. route and right. you leave and you try to come back and figure it out. But for him to overcome just that, where 
academics were clearly not his thing. And he said, I learned to love school. He was in the academic center every single night getting tutoring. Right. And to go from academically ineligible to academic all-conference, to me, shows a lot about the man and the person that he yeah. is. And, I mean, being able to, you know, put your big boy pants on and figure something out problem solve that's in any professional walk of life that's going to be huge but having that mental fortitude and problem solving skills i think will go a long way in adjusting to his new job what's intriguing about him i felt even from one week to another if he's a little lighter there's a lot more ability to pursue because he can, he can disengage blocks, and he's going to be perfect in a two-gap because he's got that length, Grown he's got strength. the strength, and he can just you know keep him off his chest, pick which way to go, and boom, he's going to take that lane. He's going to finish well because he's massive. But if he's a little lighter, he can pursue, and that's where I think there is just a smidge of pass rush ability. And he's also got that length, so you're somehow somewhat replacing... What was that? I think he had nine sacks. Yeah, he he. I mean, his his production in the opposing backfield is noticeable. Um, and you know, he's kind of a replacement for Shelby Harris as far as adding more length and guys who can tip balls at the line, right? Absolutely. I mean, the tip balls at the line thing is the worst part of losing Shelby Harris. Um, he was obviously a great dude, great person in the community, great player. Oh. But his best asset was knocking down passes at the line. And I used to always say against like Patrick oh, Holmes or Justin Herbert, that counts as a sack. You know, you took away a play, uh, never got past the line of scrimmage. Yeah. So at 6'6", he's really big for tall for an interior lineman. Yes. He has long arms. Yeah. And I think that's going to come in huge handy for him. And clearly, it's not Bill Kolar anymore. Um, coaching these guys, but he's still in the building. He's great at teaching those guys how to knock the ball down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I'm his, excited. You know, his get off isn't there. He's so long; it's hard for him to play with leverage and be the low man. But he's tough to knock off his spot, and they needed guys in the rotation. I guess the the biggest downside here is he's going to be 24 by the time the season starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which can matter uh for sure and you know like we saw it with garrett bowles it's like okay well now he's 30 years old he's just starting oh, yeah. his second contract um it doesn't feel great like you'd love to draft these 20 year olds who you look up and you're like yeah. oh he's second contract he's 24 yeah he's still i mean that's how old uazarike <laughs> is right now right uazarike uazarike um, and it, it puts like his production into context too right like, yeah yeah so Grown man strength because he's a grown man. He literally is a grown man. And I did see a bit of a theme from this pick on maybe slightly lower ceilings than where they were targeting guys in this range last year. Caden Stearns, guys like that. Mm -hmm. Higher floors, though. Speaking of themes, I think this next guy fits with the theme that we're learning about George Payton, which is he really likes fast safeties. Uh, and so Delarin Turner, uh, Turner Yell um, is explosive. Uh, when you see him out there, he flies and he lays the boom uh, when he connects. I think it's, it, and it reminds me of Caden Stearns. Caden Stearns now a little more rangy, but, but I just think that George Payton clearly values like speed to the ball when it comes to this position. I think he ran four four seven, which is 
fast for a safety. Yeah, what I like about him is when you watch him, he's like an old school linebacker back there playing single high, but like crouched over, you know, like quarterback of the defense, just uh, surveying everything. Probably one of my two favorite picks of the day today. Oh, I like that because he's not one of mine. I like that he's a three-year starter. I like that he's had 50-plus tackles. I like that he's played as a single high, and that's probably where he profiles best as a full-time starter. Of course, you have Justin Simmons yeah. at the Broncos, so that's more of a part-time role. Right. Um, and he could fit in a two-high look. He obviously could fit in a you know cover-four type deal. Um, and, yeah, he's instinctive. He's going to fly downhill, and he's also a reliable last line of defense. He's he's small. He feels more undersized than he actually is at 5'10", 197. You worry about him like too close to the line of scrimmage. How much of an impact is he going to make at that size? Um, I think you tackling want him in space with... against big guys. He is going to whiff on a few or like just have a few tackles broken. But I think you want him coming downhill towards the line. Like I, yeah. you don't want him to get too close to the line right you want him to get ahead of steam when he's hitting those these guys keep everything in front of you yes. and then come yes. to close those gaps read react i mean and like nick benito uh, oklahoma had such a tough season to start the year spencer rattler plays like shit yep. they're about to lose the red river shootout until yep. they make the quarterback change and guys like him um dty we're gonna call yep. him and Nick Benito stepped up in a huge way. You know, Baylor, Oklahoma State, better records, ranked ahead of them, had to beat both of them to win the Big 12 again. And they did that. That defense stepped up in a major way. And those two dudes were a big part of that. Instinctual, fast, you know, good tackler, willing to defend against the run. He just checks off a lot of boxes. Yeah, got to make sure I give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver online, msudenver.edu slash online, where you can scope out all they have to offer. The best place to go if you're looking to work a full-time job while maintaining uh, or while furthering your education. So check them out, msudenver.edu slash online today. Yeah, I just, is this a, a, a Kareem Jackson replacement in the same way that Caden Stearns is a Kareem Jackson replacement? And you're kind of increasing your odds here, right, by throwing two darts at the board where... I think they're confident in Caden Stearns, but clearly they felt like if they started Caden Stearns this year, it would be a downgrade from starting Kareem Jackson. It's a little Kareem insurance. I think it's mostly having a fifth, sixth potential DB in sub that you can trust, who can oh. do a lot of things. But um, And, you know, it's his one-on-one it coverage where you're going to be worried. Caden, I think, can be a full-time starter. Though He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got the the quality that's hardest to find in a safety, which so, is you trust him in one-on-one coverage. So you're thinking, like, next year maybe it's Caden and Justin on the back end, and you're bringing in DTY as a weapon. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. I can get behind that. Yeah. Um, that's the I kind of thought it was a second – uh, you know, you're taking out like a second insurance policy on Kareem Jackson. Kareem. Of like, if he's gonna he's gonna expire eventually, he plays way more like Kareem Jackson as a safety with the Broncos plays 
than Stearns. Right, ever does. For sure. right. Caden almost plays a little bit more like Justin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So maybe maybe you just recreate the whole thing. Yeah, I mean it wouldn't be terrible. But I I like this kid. I like the instincts. I like the way he plays. I like that he checks off all the boxes. I mean, let's face it, the DBs especially today, a lot of that is to have special teams value, you know. A hundred percent. And the Broncos need that. Mm. All right, here's my favorite pick. Montreal Washington. Yeah. Intoxicating film highlights. Uh the Florida stuff is insane. Okay, so here's what you need to know about Montreal, Washington. Samford. And Sons. Not Stanford. Not since Trinity Benson have I loved the Samford prospect Trinity so much. Benson was actually East Central. That's I thought right. Who was, was the Samford guy? So I thought there was a Samford guy. It was... It was not Cully Raymond. No? Nope. I thought there was a Samford it's guy, too. in that too. mix. I've watched Samford versus, like... I want to say FSU yes, highlights. Okay. That is so crazy that you mentioned that because I sit there today yeah, and I well, watch this, this highlight of Montreal, Washington cooking Florida. And I was like, I feel like I've watched oh my God. Samford cook a Florida team before. Who was this player? And I went and I literally looked at Samford players to make the NFL. And the, it was like Ahmad Gooden, who was a defensive player who came uh, to the Broncos. Uh, uh. Can anyone else remember this? Maybe it was East Central and we just thought it was. Trinity Benson. It's not Khalif Raymond. It's not, he was Holy Cross or in something. In the Trinity Benson. Yes, there was there's another, another undrafted wide receiver. I swear That's... I wrote a film room about this. So let me do a you little research. You probably did because yeah. I remember. Okay. No, I'm I mean... so glad that I'm not crazy because I sat there and I was like, why do I feel like I'm having deja vu? Have I watched Montreal Washington before for some reason? Um, so, so anyways. This guy they actually drafted, which is cooler. Yes. Way cooler. So he goes to Samford. Um, the main reason why he goes to Samford is grades. Um, you know, he, 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 he's a great athlete. He struggled academically, um, wasn't able to go to the, you know, the big schools, but also what's interesting about him to me is he's not necessarily a blow you out of the water athlete. Um, his testing scores are not crazy. And as soon as you turn on the tape, you just do not care because he has one of the most unreal bags of moves that I've seen in a while on a highlight tape. He also um, looks plenty athletic to me. Oh, of course he looks athletic and he's turning the corner and he's diving in the end zone. But this is a guy who just has it when it comes to avoiding being tackled. Yeah. And I think we're going to find out just how important that really is to being a returner rather than just straight line speed. Everyone wants straight line speed. It's really about the bag of tricks. And of course the punt return that he has against Florida, uh, one of three touchdowns, I believe he has, Crazy. he has one on the yeah. slot fade. He has one on an end around yeah. and yeah. he has one on a punt yes. return. The punt return puts them up 35, 28 on Florida. Uh, right. I mean, they almost return. upset the Gators. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Did you find the guy? No, I didn't. Um, oh my God. Did anyone say it in the comments? It's really, it's wild that we both remember that. I'm so glad we do. Honestly. No, he's um that footage is insane. Obviously return skill. There it's he looks very KJ Hamler, Jahan Dodson y with the all white Samford mm -hmm. jerseys. Um and you know, this was a range of the draft where guys like Calvin Austin finally went, 
Khalil Shakir, a scat back like Jerome Ford went. So it was kind of the time to pounce on him. I got it. I wasn't as familiar with Montrell, but his quickness is impressive. His ability to take direct snaps is impressive. You watch him in other games. I got it, Dre. I have to stop you. Yeah, do it. Kelvin McKnight. Kelvin, Kelvin McKnight. McKnight who that went dude was a baller. 14 catches for 215 yards and two touchdowns against Florida State. Okay, so that at least allows me to put this in context and pump the brakes and maybe not feel as terrible about not being dialed in. That's like Asante Samuel Jr. is on that defense. Um, yeah. Multiple other like NFL guys. Yep. Um, Brian Burns. Just cooks them. I mean, same as Montreal Washington's cooking a Florida defense with Zachary Carter. Hosma Nazirldeen. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> And just Elam. 14 for 215 and two times. It's nuts. It's oh, nuts. I loved Kelvin McKnight. And okay. I mean, Montreal Washington's got some of that same electricness to him, Ryan. So you think this is a just return or is there a little, is this a small KJ Hamler insurance policy we're taking no, out as No, not well? fast enough. Uh, straight line. Wow. Uh, I don't think there's any correlation there. I think he is here to return kicks and punts that's it and by the way i did i got this stat i this love the direct handoffs. rk stats and research led all of fcs in combined punt and kick return yards over a thousand i believe it yep and also led all of fcs in combined kick and punt return touchdowns last year that's three um that's insane so we'll see it's when you so watch them it's very clear if you were to use them on offense it's only in special packages yeah, and I mean, I'm totally in to put a couple adjust. plays in there to just throw him the ball. And I say, would go make that. some people I miss. I would love that. It is always to be seen when a guy goes from Samford. Now, we have to completely bring into context the fact that he did it against Florida. So you can't yeah, yeah, say yeah. he didn't do it against any competition. He did do it against Florida, and not just in one way, but in three different ways. Um, yeah. But it is always hard to say, like, is he? are all those moves going to work on true NFL players? I don't know. Something tells me he just has that freakish vision and feel. Those moves, you cannot think about those. Yeah. You just do them. Yeah. It's like the Matrix or something, or the one where they like bend the bullets. Um, want, Pretty much. Wanted? Is that what it was called? Kale, can you help with that? The curved bullet? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. Like, it's just all about mm. like you have to have the thing, you have to have the force. Right. I'll bring in another movie. Three different movie references to make wow, one point. That's impressive. <laughs> you have to have the force. There is no, okay, I'm going to do this move on that guy. I'm going to do that move. You just feel it. Yeah. And something tells me that that's like a very natural ability that only certain guys have as returners. Um, I looked up the speed of Devin Hester. I'm not comparing him to Devin Hester, but Devin Hester is a 4-4-1 guy, not you yeah, know, yeah. insane blow yeah. you away speed. No, he just had insane vision and ability to make people yeah. miss. So... Uh, then I also looked up uh, Dante Hall. Yeah, he did have the insane forty time four, four two, two nine. Yeah, yeah so um, you know it can help uh, for sure. So well, that's hurt. the other thing is, does he have the breakaway speed once he makes all those dance moves right. and makes people miss? Does he have the breakaway speed in the NFL to finish him? I don't know, but he averaged twenty yards, uh, almost twenty yards a punt return. Um, yeah, I'm I mean, sure the Broncos averaged like zero yards a punt return. What's crazy is his yards per catch are like less than Greg Dulcich's were 
in the Pac-12. It is um, crazy. But, but they were just tr- they're getting in the ball anyway. Yeah, yeah, Bubble yeah. screens, tunnel screens. Right. And you just it needs to be special packages because even in the FCS, he can't just like line up outside or in the slot. And right. Um, final thing here, at least that I have on my guy, Montreal, Washington. Um, what a stud. I like that the Broncos got an MW since they didn't have to get Malik Willis. But mm. um, Montrell has his own catchphrase. Oh, I didn't know this. His catchphrase is, I don't fair catch. Wow. So I sent that to Zach and I said, can you ask him about this when you talk to him on the phone? And Zach said, of course. So he asked him, he said, hey, so you kind of have like a little phrase that you use. I don't fair catch. Are you bringing that to the NFL? And he goes, no, sir. No, sir. No, sir. (laughs) If they want me to fair catch it, I will fair catch it. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's amazing. (laughs) Loved it. so. That's amazing. Um, Yeah, he just feels like a non-football athlete on the football field, even if maybe his RAS score isn't great. Only non-great RAS score, by the way. Yeah, he had like a really low RAS score, but he wasn't at the combine, was he? No, he wasn't. So where are they get? I, I'm confused on that. Yeah, because I struggled to find any info on like his I pro do pray to the RAS gods, you but then I was do. confused. Like what they just use? What numbers are they using? If he wasn't at the combine, was he at any of? Maybe he was at Shrine Bowl, Senior Bowl, not Senior Bowl. We know that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because the but. same thing happened with the final pick, who of course we'll get to in a little bit um Fayon hicks mm-hmm. we addressed it they didn't well, i didn't know what numbers they were using for him because he wasn't at the combine right yeah right and then we we plugged in his well we'll get to that later all right so montreal washington he's my favorite pick of the day it's a great pick mostly because he's electric unreal bag um and he has his own catchphrase which i want to put on a shirt one day when he becomes the you know best punt returner in Broncos history. It's exhilarating tape. Don't watch his highlights. Go and watch all his touches against Florida. No, watch the highlights. That's what better crazy? than the highlights. No, it's better than the highlights. Ryan. I don't know that juke, the spin move. You really stop like and the Florida punt return? Yes. I love a, a combo of moves. Like anyone can make one move, but when one move goes into another move, that's like some next level shit. And he did the spin move into the stop and go into the full. Yeah, that was like a three, three button combo that like you probably couldn't even really pull off in Madden. Upgrade on Deontay Johnson. Deontay Spencer. Spencer. Who's Deontay Johnson? He plays for the the Steelers. Steelers. Yeah. Uh, Upgrade on Deontay Spencer. Yes, there is something weird about these return guys. I know. Where they're all really cocky. Well. You have to be able to, like, out-juke and outrun 11 people. It's true. It's true. You kind of have to be insane to think you can do that with any sort of success. And you have to be a crazy person yes. to want to stare up at a ball while yes. 11 dudes are trying to kill you. Yeah, it's nuts. So I, I get that. But, like, Isaiah McKenzie was insufferable from the moment he set foot on uh, at, the, at the facility. Deontay Spencer was actually a little bit better, but he's also kind of annoying. Um, and I'm not saying that Montreal falls into that category yet, but the, I don't fair catch mantra, which I love also tells me that there's something about return guys. They're a little, he's a little annoying. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little bit uh, obnoxious, but Are that's return okay. Guys, the goalies of the NFL. Hmm. Those no. are definitely punters. 
the punters, was, kickers, long snappers. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe long snappers. Although, but goalies are so valuable. Well, really valuable, but I they are kind of in their own world and kind of weirdos, right? Goalies and drummers are what I comp to each mm. other. Yeah, that's a great comp. Um, what it is with with kick returner, punt returner is it's wide. They're wide receivers, right? Most of them are, are coming from yeah, a wide yeah, receiver yeah. background. Wide receivers already divas. And then there's just something else about like being this return guy that it, it increases it. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, if you've been successful, you've like returned many kicks to the house. There is something in your life, about, and like, you're like, people remember the shit you've done. Yes, like there's you've done so epic about shit. Making eleven, yes, dudes, like you know, uh, Cortland Sutton can score a touchdown while making zero people miss. But I'm sure great returners, like they're approached by people who are like, I remember that return. Yeah, I would yeah. like. For sure. It's like epic, memorable things they're doing. I hope this guy is just... Oh, I can't wait. The, the I dopest. can't wait, yes. All right, now we're going into what I'd like to call the Andre zone, uh, where you're going to be pretty on, on your own breaking down these guys. Um, so first off, uh, pick number seven for the Denver Broncos. Uh, I can tell you he has a great RAS score, Luke Wattenberg. Yeah, um... I see this pick at first. Vaguely knew Wattenberg. Um, and kind of thought, yeah, light light zone blocking center. Decent athlete, right? Um, good RAS score. Decent speed athleticism really, where he really stood out was the jumps. Um, and then you look into it Which has it to be more. good because that's all about explosion. Exactly. Yeah, that I mean, for an O lineman, that should matter more than right, right. How they ran for imagine yards. essentially coming out of your stance into a run block. Yeah, you're jumping essentially. Yes, no doubt. So a guy who is the 99th percentile jumpers for offensive linemen. Not bad. Well, and you need you know it's all like explosive lower half, explosive right. calves to exactly. get you there. Yeah, but I just um, want, I want to contextualize that because on the surface. You think, why would I care how high totally, my totally. offensive line can right. And I mean, to be clear, I, it was like barely over 30 inches, you know, so like a much different world. But hey, that's why it's called relative. Yeah, athletics that's score. exactly right. Um, but then when you do more research, he was actually a very highly touted recruit. He's got great size at 6'4 with over 34 inch arms. Um, to the point that he started some games at left tackle to start his career at Washington, then gets moved to left Athlete. guard, then gets moved to center. Um, he is really light in the pants. That whole Washington O-line is extremely light in the pants. Just Middle not form corner. Let's go. Just not muscular in the lower half. And you really see it. His. His ability to knock guys off the ball, especially like right off the bat without a head of steam, his ability to anchor versus power is a real struggle. But he's going to move nicely. He's got that length. Um, that length is very similar to Lloyd Cushenberry. And then that length and height makes you think there should be room to add 5, 10, 15 pounds to his 299-pound figure. Um I will admit, I thought there were some much more talented interior O-linemen at this pick. Um, not necessarily at center, but especially at guard. 
I thought there was a ton of talent left. And um, I was I was underwhelmed by this, but we knew they were going to try and add competition to the center position. And, I mean, a lot of these guys were going to be like, is this blank insurance? This is Lloyd Cushenberry insurance. And Lloyd Cushenberry was drafted Pat Shermer era, right? Yes. And I find that to be interesting because that was not meant to be a heavy zone running scheme. Right. Which we now right. expect. Lloyd Cushenberry, again, you know, go back to RAS, 7-4. So it's, good. it's not bad at all. It's but great. he was not made to be a, a zone blocking center, I don't think. Um, and so to me, I think the Broncos looked at this and said, we'd like to upgrade the athleticism at that position. Um, in case it doesn't work out. Because I, I don't think that Wattenberg is going to come in and compete for the starting center job this year. Um, but They're in massive trouble if that's the case. Right. But, you know, put you know have him do some squats uh, to help yeah. out with your yeah. concerns. Yeah. Get him built up a little bit. And then you have this guy who can really come off the ball. Uh, and I think if you, build, if you bulk him up a little bit, could really be a fantastic center for uh for this zone scheme if it all comes together and and the thing about this is you've seen teams that run zone have these smaller centers you know all the time yep. tom nalen and matt paradis i mean they're much smaller though yeah you know paradis coming from like a small idaho high school and like undersized mm -hmm. i think he's a walk-on or something yeah, boise and, you know, isn't Tom Nalen converted tight end from CU? Like, no, that was once a, else. that's Matt Lepsis, possibly. Yes. I'm thinking of, yeah. but you know, still like pretty Underside. humble. Uh, you know, so and there's something already about being much able to bigger the, pedigree. Yeah, something about being get the ball back, pop off, and get moving, create those holes in those cutback lanes. You really have to be able to pop, um, and obviously that's. Luke Wattenberg's single best attribute is right. he pops off. Right. Um, so we'll see. Uh, remember, we're talking about, is that the fifth or the sixth? I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, Either way. Round or number of picks? What's your question? So that was, a, that was a sixth round pick. Yes. So, yeah. We're talking about a sixth round pick. If it ends up working out, then, you know, you it was a coup. Late fifth. Pardon okay, me. late fifth. So then they didn't pick in the sixth? They did. So they had three fifths, two oh. fourths, which we've talked about. Yes. Now we've talked about all three, three fifths. fifths. And uh, so let's go to the seventh. sixth. They originally had two sevenths. They traded one of them to get up to get Luke Wattenberg. Right, 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 right. Which right, right. tells you that they really, really valued him. Um, totally. And at least you have a plan. And I mean, of looking at these last picks, that's definitely the guy with the more clear path to someday be a potential starter right there you go all right this one i felt like excited you um we're we're really deep into this show so we should probably take a little break here and then we'll let's talk do about it. these two let's do it yeah <laughs> once we start rolling i i kind of lost my mind there but um want to remind you guys that tuesday tuesday we're just a couple days holy away holy cow that's so crazy the colorado avalanche beginning their journey towards what we hope will be a Stanley Cup. Uh, and it starts on Tuesday, and it's there's no better place to be, if you're, especially if you're not going to be at the stadium, than here at the DNVR bar. 
it will be wall to wall packed get here what time's the game 7 30 get here at 5 30 just leave work come here um it will be wall to wall packed. Then. maybe yeah try to get out of work a few minutes early oh. but it is so fun there is nothing like abs playoffs there's nothing like hockey playoffs period i don't want to hurt any feelings here you know with the nuggets fans because the nuggets fans were incredible too but it, i i preface oh, this by saying there's nothing like hockey playoffs and there's so that that so i'll say there's nothing like an avs playoff game here at the bar so come hang out uh and and enjoy that and also get some breck brews while you're here you can get uh 16 ounce beer for the oh, sorry you can get a 22 ounce beer for the price of 16 if you're a dnvr member uh, we have eight different Breck brews on tap, so come on down, enjoy those. Get a bucket of Good Company seltzers. That's the way I like to enjoy a playoff game. Um, but either way, come down, hang out at the DNVR bar. No better place to watch that playoff run. Nicely done, Ryan. And while enjoying the Avs and some Good Company seltzers, uh, you might just want to hop on to DraftKings Sportsbook, where right now new users can still get in on the book, the book of books, as uh, we've called it, as we wrap on uh, on the draft here, close the book on that one. The sports book is never closed, Ryan, with amazing offers. I raked it in with the draft. You did not. We didn't. will have some futures hit soon. You can use. How did you rake it in and I didn't when I only bet on things that you bet on? You didn't get in on the earlier day prior bigger mm, lines. Fair. Right now, though, 2023 draft, you could start betting on that. You could start getting in on NFL futures because you know how this draft panned out and you can make real money there. It's the best. We use it all the time. We love them. They are hardcore supporters of ours and uh, and us them. The feeling is mutual. So get on there. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Take advantage of that new offer if you're a new user. And, uh, you know, must be 21 or older. Um, Colorado only bonus comprised yeah, of first yeah, bonus yeah, first bet yeah, match yeah, each yeah, $500. Yeah, bonus yeah. comprised of 25 Explain the restrictions. Bye. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for detail. If you have a game, call 1-800-5-2-4-700. Okay. Um, we have some maybe NFL breaking news um, that just came across the timeline. Wait, broken what? by NFL insider Odell Beckham Jr., who says, breaking news, Debo Samuel to the Patriots, WTF. No. That's what Odell is saying. <laughs> With what? I have no idea. There Now, you know, there is a friendship and some mutual respect with Belichick and Kyle Shanahan. Is there? Yeah. It's uh, Mike. Mike's working. Mike's working overtime building yeah. bridges. Wow, that's crazy, man. Also, but we're getting UDFA news coming in. Debo tweeted eight minutes ago, at this point, bruh, bored. He also wore a shirt yesterday that said Debo is back. And he was wearing a 49ers uniform. Man, The NFL dude. is going big time, uh, big time NBA, and I respect it. Big Ian Rappaport energy, yes. coming in with a, something to add to the report. He quote tweets OBJ and says, nah. Oh, wow. That's all. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, the Pats have no way of doing that. 
Very interesting. I love I love this stuff. Odell Beckham Jr. is a trash NFL insider, it turns out. Yeah. Yeah. Really bad. Bring back PFT commenters dog. Absolutely. All right. They, they rest in peace. This yes, absolutely. This one I thought excited you uh when I saw you watching the tape a little bit. Um Matt Henningsen out of Wisconsin. Back to back Badgers. Yeah. Uh, to finish out on top of, of course. Russell Wilson, Badger, and the most recent Bronco signing before this draft, Melvin Gordon, Badger. Razz me up on old Mr. Henning. Oh, razz you up. All right. Because um, you, if I'm not mistaken, you were saying he had a... You're trying to get a razz? Because <laughs> yeah. I am when I see this 9.12 What? Uh, on Matt Henningsen. Henningsen, what are you doing to oh, me? Oh, wait. I um, might have confused the, oh, uh, the vert scores with Henningsen and Wattenberg because Henningsen is a 99 percentile vertical jumper. I was going to say Wattenberg good jump, maybe not 99 percentile, but now I got Henningsen go did um, jump out the building. Uh, he really did have an impressive pro day, I suppose, Ryan, because I'm not seeing combine numbers here. Um, okay, well, it's not too bad. Uh, broad jump nine, 9.68 for Wattenberg, which is pretty special. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, very, very high end. So, Henningsen, part of a really good Wisconsin line, um, played as more of a five tech. Another guy a bit light in the pants and kind of a weird body shape, kind of high waisted. Um, he's high not, pockets. Yeah, high yeah. Pockets? old high pockets. Not exactly bendy or agile and needs to work out some moves, but he gets you on that first step. Boom. He explodes as that as that would suggest. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he's he's feisty, he's compact, he's one of those guys that maybe doesn't win at first, but he'll Come, come, and then boom, eventually gets there. Okay. So um, That'll, that helps against uh, Patrick Mahomes. That's right. He's a rotational guy, uh, probably a guy that makes more sense for a three-man front. I think he could present some intrigue as a three-tech, but, uh, you know, there's some fears that he might just not be bendy agile enough for that kind of work this is not the excitement that i felt from you when you were watching nope. the tape no i think you misread my uh <laughs> my read there i think i did too yeah oh. but All you right. know I, I think he's gonna be a guy who's gonna have to compete for a roster spot year one yeah i just said this whole draft was a waste because they didn't draft ryan stonehouse oh my gosh no one drafted ryan stonehouse so he could still be had he can be had yeah yeah did you think they should have drafted a punter when the punt run happened? I would have been fine with punt God. I would have kind of been uh, in the hyped. fifth. Wouldn't he go? He went late fifth. I think so. Yep. yep. Oh, yeah, I would have been in on that. Yeah, punt God would have been amazing at that point. No doubt. A transcended punter. You want punt so. God or Wattenberg? <laughs> no disrespect to Waddy Boy, but punter, punt God. Me too. And here's the thing. Punk God goes to Buffalo. You know who was in Buffalo last year? Who? The guy who I deemed the greatest punter in NFL history after he played the Broncos in the preseason, Corey Bajorquez, who has an wow. absolute missile launcher attached to his hip. 
So now is he available? Because I want him for the Broncos. One of the two could come available. Right. right? Wow. That's exciting. They traded for Corey Borges. So they value punters out there in Buffalo. Oh, man. They're ready to win over there. I completely agree. All right. uh, That brings us to our last one here. And then I think we'll wrap back around to the start because we haven't talked about Benito or Dulcich. Yep. Um, So we'll just kind of add more thoughts on that. Uh, But first, Fayon Hicks. Fayon Hicks. As unknown as any of these guys. Yeah, how is that possible at Wisconsin? I know. It's really crazy, especially when he ran a 4-3-7 at his pro day. Yes. And an absurd three cone. So so that's where there's some um, conflicting information here. Mm, mm. Is Let me just pull up Fayon Hicks. His R... Oh, Oh, I spelled it wrong. Fayon Hicks. His RAS, as reported... By the guy who drops out all the RAS scores um, at Math Bomb, has He's, him as a seven point eight RAS, which that's not you know gonna mess anything up. But in that, he is recorded as having a four four nine forty time. Right. We tried to do a little bit of research. We don't know we where that time is coming from. We don't. We don't. A lot of murkiness. I think this is four guys who weren't at the combine. So Andre took his pro day numbers, which we know to take many pro day, really just 40 times i guess you take 40 time pro day numbers with a grain of salt but he ran a 437 there but you plugged in all the other uh you know assets uh that you put into there and it came out with a 9.27 yeah so what's the the seven ras what's his three cone in that one three cone at the seven ras is a 6.9 yeah again at the pro day he got an insane 662 so, so something's off here, and I would guess if the Broncos are making a are kind of reaching, I guess, uh, to pick him here, um, it would tell me they think that his athleticism is a lot closer to what the pro day numbers suggested. Absolutely, and I mean he's an outside corner again. That Scani defense was really good this year, um, kind of an underappreciated defense, similar to Penn State. And he's an athlete, and he's uh, he can stick outside because of that athleticism. A little undersized. What is he, just 5'10", um, and yes. slightly lighter. Um, but I think the, the cover skills are really intriguing here. As an outside guy, I do think they're going to mix coverages a little more. I mean, these DBs would suggest to me... They'll mix in some zones a little more. They're not needing as much size and just raw speed. I think that... They're certainly drafted speed. But. I think that the entire design of this defense is going to be about confusion. Um, They're trying to give themselves a lot of options. And they want to be able to line up... I, I can perfectly envision Josie Jewell standing there in the middle with Benito on one side and Browning on the other. Right. Chubb, Gregory dj jones and one of those guys drops maybe both of them drop and right. josie goes up the right. middle they want you to not know what they're doing based on the personnel and so right though you know i'm, I'm just thinking pass rush wise but you also have kwan williams who you know what his best category is blitzing he's an elite blitzer from the slot so you know he has the most forced fumbles of any player on the denver broncos um so that's insane. They are going to that's try to just that. make Justin Herbert 
or Patrick Mahomes do a double take, try to buy time for Randy Gregory, Bradley Chubb, or whoever else they decide to bring. Yeah, and I mean, on the back end, you have a lot of versatility now. It's not just Stearns. It's not just Jamar Johnson. The three guys they drafted today, I mean, especially Damari and uh, DTY, um, have a lot of versatility, potentially. And, um, you know, that's Kareem has versatility. Justin Simmons can be used. So I like that. That's intriguing. They didn't add a linebacker. I tried to tell everyone. I tried to tell everyone because I, I it's obviously. It's as old as time. You know, I do it every year too. I get excited and I I love watching. You know, we had that funny debate on the show the other day with Brandon yelling from off camera like he likes to do about how quarterback tape is boring to watch. I said it's my favorite thing to watch. Um, where we can agree, my second favorite tape to watch is middle linebacker tape. Uh, and so every year I fall in love with these guys too. I was in love in the Kobe Dean. I was in love with Troy Anderson. I really like Leo Chanel. Um, and so it's so easy to love these guys. And every single year the Broncos pass on them. Um, now, there are some people saying Nick Benito, and this is a good um, segue into us talking about Nick Benito, can kind of be a Micah Parsons type. Um, yeah. Where. Yes. You can float him around and play him anywhere you want. Um, and I, you should go watch. I tweeted out uh, Chris Sims, who I actually I really respect uh, as an analyst. Mm -hmm. um, I think he puts in the work. I friend think he of the show. Good take, friend of the program. Big time. Um, he, was, he was big time nice to us when we saw him at the combine and ambushed him with our questions. Uh, he cursed at me, which I like anyone who does that. Yeah, big um, time. So, but uh, beyond that, he's been the most right person scouting quarterbacks for years now um he like nailed Mahomes uh, he nailed Lamar Jackson he nailed Deshaun Watson he I mean one after another after another he nailed Josh Allen uh, he had Josh Allen as the number one quarterback in that class yeah. so he's really good at that stuff but you should go watch the video I tweeted out of him talking about Nick Benito who he ranked as his fifth best pass rusher in what is a great pass rush draft and he said that this guy's a bona fide first rounder. Now he was wrong about that. No. But we like I love uh you know you like to hear someone Last pick of the second. Yes, you like to hear someone kind of you know waxing poetic mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. Nick Benito and he brought up Micah Parsons and said I kind of see him in that role but also maybe like a Jerry Hughes. So like versatility Jerry is the Hughes name of the game. Jerry Hughes is an interesting comp. That's a great one. Versatility is the name of the game when it comes to Benito. Yeah. And it feels like, for whatever reason, the organization, regardless of who's in charge, likes these versatile guys rather than your true blue uh, mm -hmm. inside mm -hmm. backer that can go and just, you know, be the quarterback of the defense. They they also seem to respect Josie Jewell on a uh, on a much higher level than the fan base. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, you're right. There's actually a decent amount of kind of tweeners in this class. I mean, mm -hmm. a decent amount. Yep. Um. And yeah, Benito rewatching him, and he says, "Sorry, not to no, you no, know, no. keep on Chris Simsing it, but he said against the run, not what you would expect." He said, "I didn't watch him get dominated by one single player against the run." 
Yeah, and I mean, part of that is he has the luxury to kind of just go and get in the backfield to disrupt the run instead of having to take on blocks necessarily. And that's what he said. He's like, I heard a lot of people criticizing him for shooting inside when a run was bounced outside. And he's like, that's what he was told yeah. to do. Oh, 100%. He was, he was not asked to set the edge on that play. He was asked to shoot the gap. Right. Yeah, no doubt. And I actually think off ball and his mobility and coverage makes him really intriguing. I mean, I think as a conventional... 4-3 Sam linebacker, the way Von Miller was brought into the league, the way Josh Allen in Jacksonville was brought in, the way Khalil Mack was brought into Oakland, that's the ideal role. Because all of a sudden, if you're guessing, is he coming or is he dropping, you're in trouble. If, however, he's your edge defender on a four-man front in nickel and that the new modern football dilemma of can we defend the run in nickel comes up, he might have some struggles. Yep. But you can figure that out. Yeah, and, the, and um, I think it was Nick Kendall last night on the show who said a really interesting point, which is that the Rams dropped Von Miller into coverage significantly more than the mm -hmm. Broncos dropped, mm -hmm. Von, dra dropped Von Miller into coverage. That was something that, of course, everyone here hated. Um, not something that Wade Phillips did very often, that's for sure. Right. Um, but if the Broncos are going to employ a strategy like that with uh, Ijiro Ivaro, um having a guy like Benito can be really, really uh, valuable. And here's the other thing is if you get, you know, if you line him up like he's coming and you get that left tackle to step out like he's about to have to pass block him and then you run some, you know, stunts on the inside, well, all of a sudden he's way out wide. There's a hole to wrap around. Uh, and, you know, you're, again, trying to confuse the offense, yeah. not make it easy on them. So there's a lot you can do. And Benito's just electric. I mean, to me, I always say this is all about traits. It's all about premier traits. And he has one of the premier traits in football, which is being a speed rusher with Bend who just like lives in the backfield. Yeah. He just like dips his shoulder and boom, he's in front of the quarterback. It's nuts. He's so good. And I mean, you know, I maybe wasn't waxing poetic, but I had him rank 33 overall. So to get him 64th overall is a really, really incredible value. A lot of UDFAs coming in right now, but I'm not seeing any Broncos. So ones. far, I've seen Christopher Allen, the highly touted pass rusher out of Alabama, uh, who never quite lived up to the hype. Coming to the Broncos? Coming to the Broncos. And Jalen Virgil, wide receiver out of App State. Nice. App State Mountaineers, correct, correct. Um, Carson Strong to the Eagles, and he's another tremendous tester who, uh, you know, I'm sure his Virgil's Raz is really good as well. <laughs> That's dope. Um, so yeah, I mean, on Benito I'm at 64, it's almost difficult to get a prospect that exciting. It is. Especially when you talk about traits, elite traits. And I mean, they're always around, but, you know, often teams just screw that stuff up, you know? Even in the late first, you rarely get a guy that that's that exciting. You're yep. more likely that your team's just like, whatever, we'll take Cole Strange, you know? All right. Uh, one one last wraparound here on uh, Greg Dulcich. Any new thoughts uh, from last night? I think his yak ability is really the answer to your question of how is he such a big play 
yeah. guy and seam stretcher. It's really his yak ability. He just has some good contact balance, some good agility to him. George Kittle, anyone? Yeah, kind of. I'm not yeah. comping them, but yeah, I'm saying but that's, you know, yeah. he gets the ball and you're in trouble. And it's what was so frustrating about Noah Fant with all the talent the and opposite. size in the world. He just couldn't They also break didn't get him the ball while he was moving very often. 100%. Um, and then Dulcich, I mean, used in line more than I remembered. So you like that. That's comforting. I think there is stuff to work with as far as his long-term upside to be an inline blocker. And where he's already a decent blocker is in space, which is something he had to do. And that's already feels like an upgrade in some areas to what they've had. And that was my overnight take. I think he's coming in here to, to compete to be TE1. Yeah. Uh, and that would really justify this pick. Yeah, he's Albert O insurance. Well, and I don't even know if that is. He's, I mean. He's keep Alberto where he is. Yeah. Meaning right, right, Alberto right, right. gets to come in. You're right. not asking him to be a tight end. You're asking him to be a mismatch. And you're asking Greg Dolchich to be a tight end. You're saying, hey, you're going to go be our tight end yep. one. And Alberto, you're going to be our weapon. And I get the feeling that the Broncos never envisioned Alberto being a true tight end. And so this was always a need for them. This was always a target for them. Eric Tomlinson obviously come in uh, and help you run the ball. I I really like Eric Tomlinson. He's a mountain of a human. Uh, and he has a big beard. He essentially just looks like a t left tackle. He has some and, fans in the building from what I hear. Yeah, and he has a fan in this building. It's me. <laughs> yeah, um, no. But Dulcich, I think, I really think they're going to expect him to come in here and be TE1. And that, it if that happens, and he's good, that's a home run pick. It's unfair to say, but I think it's true in a lot of ways with their first two picks. They're replacing Vaughn and Noah Fant. Right. And, I mean, it, they might not be guys with that pedigree, you know, mm -hmm. second overall first ballot Hall of Famer and a guy who, like, one of the better testing tight ends of all time and, like, a real stud in college and top 20 pick. But stylistically, you are very much replacing those dudes. I have another uh, update here. Oh, one update on Nick Benito. Um, bad news. Josh Johnson came in and took number 11. Uh, if you know Josh Johnson, we're talking about a career backup quarterback who the Broncos have brought in to be their backup quarterback. Legend, yeah. Someone's got to go in and give him the bad news. I know you have like 13 years logged in this league. You have earned a lot of seniority. I'm sorry, my guy. You can't have 11. That's going to Nick Benito. Or just cut him. Just cut him. Let Brett Rippon be the backup. Nick Benito needs 11. I'm sorry. Um, on the same accord, I wanted to start calling uh, Greg Dolchich, Dolcich Lettuce. I feel like it's a good nickname. Then I thought, what about lettuce in Croatian? Zelena Salada. Kind of dope. Say that again, please. Zelena Salada. Huh. That's how you okay. say lettuce in Croatian, which that kind of sounds good, too. But I think we'll just go with lettuce. Okay. Or uh, you said Dulcich and, and Gabbana. Dulcich and Gabbana. Then uh, Yaya came in with Dulcich de Leche, which is kind of fire. That's fun. <laughs> Dulcich de Leche is good. Yeah, it's it's kind of fire. I uh, wish there wasn't the day That rolls there. off the tongue better than Dulcich and Gabbana. 
It does. It Dulcich does. de leche. Dulcich de leche. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. And it's honestly, good. like, you could shorten it to just dulce. Dulce de leche. Mm. Now we're talking. Love that. All right. Um, that, I guess, wraps up the whole... We've talked about every player now. We have. We have. Um, and I guess this is a good time for us to give out our grades. Uh, we're running long here, uh, but this is yeah. going to be a long show, um, which is fine. So, yeah, this one's a long boy. You want to start or end with the Broncos? Dealer's choice. Let's start with the Broncos. We well, while it's fresh on our mind, we've just talked about the entire class. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm having a hard time grading here, but it's because I just don't know. Do you grade on the curve of knowing they didn't have a first round pick and they got Russell Wilson? I don't think you can, because we have to compare it to the rest of the AFC West. So let's grade on the curve of how good was their draft class with the knowledge that even if they have a worse draft class, they got Russell Wilson with one of those draft picks. Right. Right. Um, so in that vein, where do you grade this class? So the way I try to grade is always based on the value per your picks and really maximizing top 100 talents and top 50 talents because that's where you're going to find high-end starters and future starters. So if I feel like with two first-round picks, you only got one first-round talent and one top 100 guy, I'm not going to grade you high. Um, and so with just two top 100 picks, they come away with two top 100 talents, one top 50 talent. Um, so by the way, the way I grade drafts, that alone would make it an A. Um, wow. Yeah, just based on the value, because like Benito, I had ranked 33rd, Dulcich, I had ranked 69th, and they just got him way lower than that. Right, right. Um, they got really good value, and then they were able to maximize some premium positions later on. I do think day three is a bit ho-hum. Um, it does really stand out to me that they've changed their mentality in a win-now window um instead of trying to stack they're trying to draft assets depth. they're trying to draft draft depth and there's a greater importance to adding end of the 53 man con contributors than right. there isn't just swinging to find a future starter at edge or there's a linebacker. difference between drafting matt henningson and you know who is at his ceiling a rotational defensive lineman i would probably venture to guess now yes. i'm sure someone has had a take like that about a guy who went on to be an all pro it always happens um yeah but or i should say it, it, it can happen gosh with henningson but there's a difference really between drafting henningson and drafting like a guy who's like came over from sweden played one year of ball you know uh quinn minors for example or, or quinn my that you're you're saying we're rolling the dice here we have no idea if this guy's a football player yeah but he has these traits and if it works out, we might get a, a you know, a full-time starter. Yeah, I mean, last year they were drafting Quinn Minerts and Caden Stearns, yep. a guy from D3 who was out of football for a year. Wisconsin Whitewater. And a former five-star whose best season at Texas was his freshman, freshman year. So those are swings of the bat. Yeah, completely different this time. This around. year they're saying, let's just get a single. Right, and Damari Mathis might be the biggest swing, right? Yep. Um, and you're, 
you're dreaming on him a bit and being able to adjust inside and what's his role exactly. I felt like in the trenches, uh, both sides of the ball, there was a little more talent. I like what they did in the secondary. I like that they add speed at wide receiver. It's a B at, at the end of the day. Um, but that's why I grade them based on where you have the picks. Because based on where you have the picks, it's an A. And that's not even considering that you've already paid off half of Russell Wilson, essentially. Um, and you got a future third rounder in all this. That matters a lot. Right, right. The the future third that you traded for is big. Right. So if you considered all that, it's undoubtedly an A. Actually, I think it was critical, according to, to George Payton. 100 Critical to get a third round pick. Two day two picks next year versus just the one is a massive difference. Now that I've come around on Dolchich a little bit, and I, I, Dulcich, um, I, it's not that I was low on him. It was just I didn't get it as much as I do now, which is I, I think he's brought in to be the starter, and that's yeah. not the way I was viewing it last night. Um, I think you got two starters. And Benito is, you know, going to rotate, um, which is interesting for your very top pick in the draft, but it's fine. You're going to weaponize him and rotate yeah. him in and out yeah, and yeah. use him in situations that he should be successful. He might be better in coverage than Josie Jewell is. And then I just feel like you got a lot of depth after that. Tons. Um, obviously, uh, Uazarike has some really high upside, but he's 24. Um, Montreal Washington, you know, I love him, but he's a one-trick pony. Yep, or I yep. should say he's a two-trick pony, punt return and kick return. Right, right. Uh, which does matter. Some of those guys can't do both. Right. But um, if we're talking positional value. Right, exactly. And then the rest is like, maybe you hit big on Mathis and he does become a long-term slot for you. Uh, maybe one day you do go Caden Stearns and DTY as your sa safeties, although Justin's going to be here for a long time. Yeah, right. um, so I, I imagine it's Caden and Justin, and he's you know more of a depth piece. Um, and it's kind of what you were talking about, about how they weren't swinging for the fences. Yeah. That makes it hard for me to give them some great grade. Oh, I know. Uh, I know. Because I'm like, I, you know, it's way easier for me to talk myself into the guy who's com very unknown but has all the measurables. Well, they did get some good R RAS guys right. here. Two starters for this kind of draft, incredible haul. But it's right. You did expect with five picks in the fourth and fifth, for George Payton to, to give a, yeah, to give us draft Twitter people a few more, a uh, few more wink, wink picks, you know? Yeah, just I, I feel like beyond the first two, even maybe the first one, there is not high level all pro yeah. upside. Yeah, no doubt. And I will say that just no the doubt. first one, I think Nick Benito is the only player in this class that I'm looking at today and saying definitely has a chance to be a game changer in the nfl the ceiling on the rest of the classes above average a, a starter so because of that i'm going c plus okay. which is what it just feels like to me it just and that and that can be okay especially without because, a first rounder you'll see a lot of c's and here's the truth you take russell wilson and you add him to this graphic that kale made of the broncos nine draft picks Guess what? It's an A plus 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 plus. Mm -hmm. So you made a sacrifice of the draft class. I don't think they really had a chance to make this an A draft class. And 
it's totally fine. It's worth it. And right. Hopefully you filled out the back end of the roster with some guys that are very athletic. And when you put them out there, you don't feel like you're, you know, putting some stiffs out there. And that's why we grade just the draft class, because if you include the Russ trade, then you got to include the Von Miller trade, which is where you get a lot of this draft capital. Very true. Then you got to include the trade down to get a third. Then you got to include the trade up to get just grade the picks based on where they were made. And I think we're in that BEC plus range. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the other teams in the AFC West where some good drafts were had. Maybe the best drafting division in the NFL this year. Isn't that lovely? Because it was already the best division in the NFL before the draft. No, I mean, I was really going through these before heading over to the bar and thinking these are four front offices with some pretty clear ideas in mind and some really sound processes in how they're scouting and getting shit done. Um, You want to go Chiefs first? Why Just alphabetical. Not? Good old Chiefs. Tons of picks. Um, we don't need to go player by ten, player. Ten picks. Um, I do think they should have traded up and tried to maximize that, and the run on wide receivers really screwed them. Them not getting Jamison Williams or oh, Chris Olave is like a huge, huge sigh of relief. Absolutely. Even Traylon Burks or Jahan Dotson. That would have been scary as um, well. But look, Sky Moore, at the end of the day, they get him at pretty good value. And we'll see how dynamic he is. We'll see how dynamic he is. I think he can be a good weapon in their offense, but a, potentially a completely different weapon. Very true. More Sterling Shepard-esque than Tyreek Hill. <laughs> right. And that's a downgrade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyone is going to be a downgrade, so I guess that helps. Um Take me through pick by pick and just give me a quick feeling. McDuffie's the oddest fit, best value. We'll see how he fits in such a man-heavy scheme, but I think the idea might be Tyron Matthew. Okay, I think so too. Thing is, though, all these picks, great value. Karlaftis could have gone 10 picks earlier. You're thinking like a cover one spy with him just floating around the middle? I think that's what they're thinking. It'll be weird because he was so sound as an outside corner in college. Right. To like readapt him. But he is smaller. You know, like guys like Mike Williams and Cortland Sutton and would he can eat hit. him up. And he can tackle. He hits. Yeah. yeah, he tackles. That's I mean, that's ambitious if you're spending a first round pick on a guy and saying, Hey, we're gonna make him do something he's never done before. Right. In fact, I if that's what they do, it could work. But if the Broncos were doing the same thing, I would hate it. Yeah, and I mean, maybe I'm wrong, though. Maybe it's Legereus Sneeds, that guy in the middle, and he will play outside. And they'll just live with those matchups where he's outside. Karlaftis feels like a very Spags pick. He's going to bring, you know, like they like four guys, all power, can kind of fit seamlessly. It's very that Giants run against Brady. They'll bring pressure inside that way. Not a fan um, of the pick. We talked about Sky Moore. Lots of people like Brian Cook. Um, and he's maybe the worst pick of this bunch because Leo Chanel, major upside. Joshua Williams, Fayetteville, stay corner, major upside. Uh, Darren Kennard in the fifth is a really good pick as a guard or right tackle. And then Isaiah Pacheco running back out of Rutgers. Uh, Nas Johnson, safety out of Marshall. Don't have much to say on that. Just value-based, it's an A. 
as far as being able to address the needs they had and stuff and helping Mahomes and truly maximizing this window, it's probably more like a B plus. Yeah, they picked a lot of guys that I liked. Um, so I can't like go and crush them. They also picked a couple guys I don't like. Um, like Karlaftis. Like Karlaftis. Um, I, I think it's a B plus. The one thing I'll say is I just don't feel like they did their ceiling get higher today uh, this weekend. No, I don't think so at all. And that's where I say I like, agree. Even a B plus feels a little, almost a little generous. Why am I being generous to the Chiefs? Um, maybe I'll go B minus because I don't feel like they got any closer to winning a Super Bowl. Right, right. Maybe a they raised their floor as a team. Maybe even significantly. And. But they did their floor. The floor they've had the last several years feels like far away. Yeah. yeah. Did I get that right? Ceiling floor? Did I say ceiling when I meant ceiling floor? I, I don't know. I missed okay. it. Um, I, I think so. All right. Let's. right. We'll finish uh, Chiefs and Raiders on the other side of this. I want to give a shout out to Athletic Greens. Boom. Ooh, I talk changer. about the AG glow all the time. You'll see it. You'll feel it when you start having your athletic greens. Go check them out. All you got to do is take a scoop of your athletic greens in the morning. It's best to do it on an empty stomach. So just first thing in the morning while you're like brewing your coffee or whatever. Mm -hmm. 12 ounces of water. Scoop of AG in there. Shake it up. Um, Allie's telling me six ounces. I think it might actually be eight. Um, either oh, way. Oh, wow. A little controversy it, here. It's really a matter of preference. The uh, amount of water does not change the effect. Uh, it might change the taste a little bit. Right, uh, right. Make it. I like to go one ice cube, one ice cube in there. And that way, when you shake it up, the ice cube actually melts. So you don't have to worry about it while you're chugging it. But oh. it cools it down to a nice and uh, more enjoyable temperature for me. Um, but get it in there and you will have a full day worth of oh, vegetables, fruits, vitamins, all the things that you need. Uh, 75 high quality vitamins there's so much that it will do for you and mo maybe more than anything else it'll help with your gut health with you, whether you get you know um heartburn or whether you you know deal with stomach aches all the time check out ag work on it and right now um you can get your athletic greens um over at athleticgreens.com broncos and when you do that you're going to get five free travel packs with your first purchase because once you get in on that Ooh. ag game when you leave the house you're gonna be like oh my god what am i gonna do without my ag well you get your five free travel packs so you'll be taken care of for a little while when you do that uh, so check out that's our friends sick. over at athletic greens that's sick and uh time to talk about some ogs for the dmvr family green mountain dental group out in lakewood they're the best family owned dentist in the metro area extreme hardcore die hard colorado sports fans they are the best kate called them a few weeks ago starting to make some appointments you know time to get back to it after covid a little dentistry break and the good folks at uh green mountain were were phenomenal as always to deal with taking lucia there that'll be her first family dental they're right by us they're the best. They take care of you. They're family owned. Um, they're just our people, man. It's great to know that I can have the fam call 
mention DNVR and know they're going to take care of us. Um, you know, just like just like one of our own. So uh, check them out. Schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Tweet at us when you go there. Um, you know, we've had we've heard from a lot of people making that switch over the years. We always like to hear that. So hit us up. Let us know on the pod, on Twitter, all that good stuff. Green Mountain Dental in Lakewood, only 15 minutes from downtown. And remember, when you get a cleaning x-ray and an exam at Green Mountain Dental, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Um, and those are the bomb as well. That's... I wasn't using a, an electric toothbrush for a while, and now it's like massaging my teeth every night. Mm. I don't know what I was doing prior. So Exactly. Yeah. All right. So hit up our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. All right. Let's go in order of the way that I believe the division will fall. So we went Broncos first, Chiefs second. Let's do Raiders now. <laughs> Shots. Fired, but we stay home. We don't have to travel far. We stay in Las Vegas, Ryan. And again, this is one of those where we need to contextualize because no first, no second round pick for the Raiders who get Devontae Adams, right? So mm -hmm. not bad. And mm -hmm. have had a pretty impressive free agency, if you ask me. Yep, Chandler Jones. So their first pick is the 26th pick in the third round. They take Dan Dylan Farum, a guy who I thought was being overrated as a top 50 pick, but late third, that's good. I mean, he's a he's a compact, talented, smooth um, offensive lineman who should fit well. Zamir White was a, a really talented downhill running back who will kind of test Josh Jacobs. Neil Farrell Jr., an absolute fire hydrant, the defensive tackle out of LSU. Especially Fire Hydrant and the fact that he had like a 1.13 RAS. <laughs> Let me tell you, in the one-on-one -on -one drills at yeah, the Senior yeah, Bowl, he was just like creating I know, space. and that's exactly what I thought about when I saw that because everyone is dunking on the Raiders for taking Neil Farrell after, they, after his RAS score started going around on Twitter. And I was like, I like RAS as much as the next guy, but this guy was moving people around. Uh, at the Senior Bowl. Talented dude. Matthew Butler out of Tennessee is another talented defensive tackle. More of a mover, finesse guy. So, you know. And Thire Munford in the seventh is a really high upside offensive tackle out of uh, Ohio State. Might have to convert inside. But, you know, not bad. And then Britton Brown running back out of UCLA. Not much to say there. Given where they're drafting... The top four picks are like really good and could have all gone around earlier. Um, so it's it's a B plus for me. For me, they're right there with the Broncos, and and slight edge with the value of where they're picking. Yeah, and I, I don't even know if I should be like grading these because I, <laughs> I don't know most of those guys. I actually knew a good bit of the Chiefs picks, which considering they had no first or second, right? Was telling right. You something. It, it, yeah, for sure. Um, but I'll just say it feels it sounds a lot like the Broncos draft to me. Yes, it does. Uh, Without Nick Benito. Yeah, right. And so you take out the, you know, but here's what I will say about the Raiders. Zamir White didn't want to see him go there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's kind of nice. Yep. He's kind of nice. And they didn't pick up the fifth year on Josh Jacobs. Um, so to me, it just feels like that's going to be their new strategy. 
take in a guy. Now, they should have never drafted Josh Jacobs in the first round, but bring in a guy, run him, let him go, right. bring in a new guy, and it feels like Zamir White is going to be that guy. Curious to see if he lives up to what Josh Jacobs has been, which I would say has been disappointing for his draft status. Yeah. But if Josh Jacobs was drafted in, what, the fifth, fourth? Uh, Jacobs? Zamir. What was Zamir? Zamir fourth, 17th. If Josh Jacobs was drafted in the fourth, yeah, I yeah. want to say that was a great Yeah, pick. right, right. So right. Yeah, if he no lives kidding. up to that, then it, you know it's a, it's a home run for them. I will say, unlike the Chiefs and Broncos, I didn't mention so much addressing needs because, of course, with the picks being so low, you go more value. Still some significant needs at linebacker and cornerback for those guys. So. All right. And finally, my projection to be last place in the AFC West, the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, um, a couple picks I really like, especially in the fourth, fifth, and sixth. I thought Isaiah Spiller was, I mean, I was talking to him as an option for them in the third. Yep. Uh, so that was an outstanding pick. Is really going to complement Austin Eckler in that attack nicely. Auto. Cool. We'll finish this awesome. grade and then we'll go to Zach. Odogbonya tackle, defensive tackle out of UCLA, another standout at the Senior Bowl. Thought he was good. And Jamari Salier's my guy, the left tackle from Georgia. Now it's a lot of guards who have played tackle, but can they stay at tackle? That's the question with Zion Johnson. Didn't think they got great value with safety JT Woods out of Baylor in the third. And, uh, you know, they finished out the round with some underwhelming picks. To me, this is a C plus. Okay. With the value they got, maybe more of a B minus. But with the needs they addressed, I think this is closer to C, C minus with the needs. So that average is out to a C, C plus ish. Yeah. I thought they fumbled the bag in the first round. Yeah. Um, no tackle at all. I at the same time really love uh the spiller pick so love it that's gonna help them i think it's gonna make them a little bit more versatile in their running game let me ask you this dre and, uh, and we'll finish here and maybe we'll uh we'll toss this to zach when we bring him on too did anyone in the afc west get closer to winning the afc west considerably with their draft i guess all you could say would be the chiefs just because they added so many more, like, high, it'd be Chiefs and Broncos. Yeah, I personally, I don't well, think you can I think, strongly make. An I think they were like strong either. drafts, and it, and it and it goes to the fact that the Broncos didn't have a first round pick. Right. The Chiefs and Chargers are both late. The, the Chiefs obviously later. Um, the Chargers fumbled the bag on their first round pick, in yeah. my opinion. Um, so the Chiefs, I would say, probably had the best draft of anyone. Yeah, no. Doubt. And we, speaking of Zach. We talked to Zach. Uh, I talked to Zach about this on the the draft or on the show right before the draft, which uh-huh. is the Chiefs should have the best draft because they got the worst in the offseason. They gave up yes. things for yes. picks. Exactly. Um, and so good job. You know, they did what they were supposed to do. They right. were going to add the most players. They had the right. highest picks. They had the best draft. That's why a grades based off the picks you made, because if you have high picks or you have multiple first rounders, you almost certainly gave up something that sucked to give up to be there. Exactly. All right, let's bring on our guy, Zach Stevens, um, and talk a little bit about this. Zach, how you doing, my guy? Uh-oh, he's muted. Oh, no. Zach, it says you muted yourself. 
It does say you muted it's yourself. Doing this to Nick Kendall. It was doing this too. to Nick Kendall yesterday. I love him just shrugging, like don't know what like to tell you. It maybe ain't you, me who muted it. Maybe like uh, <laughs> take out your AirPods and put them back in. Do that again. Do the fake shouting out into the ether. <laughs> can, can you try like dis like you just taking the well. AirPod out, putting it back in? <laughs> mm, that's not doing it. All right. Well, this maybe uh, let me try disconnecting him and having him recall. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll try we'll one. We'll try something right else back here in, in a second. Zach. That sucks. Yeah, that um, does suck. But yeah, Can't I mean, to talk to that guy. The Chiefs were supposed to have the best draft. They had the most assets, um, and they had the most assets because they had the worst offseason up to this point. So we'll see what happens. That's a good start because we actually heard the call. Staying thing. in the 20s, though, really hurt him, no doubt. Do we have you now? Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Hey, we got him, ladies nice. and gentlemen. I can yeah. hear myself, but hey, I love hearing myself. No, don't we all? <laughs> uh, okay, Zach. Uh, I, could you hear the conversation we were having right before we brought you on? I could, yeah, and you guys are crazy. <laughs> For saying what? The Denver Broncos won this draft because <laughs> one thing we are going to forget the further away we get out from this draft. Russell Wilson picks one and two of the Broncos. And I know you guys are just staying in the nitty gritty of these 36 hours, but that's what we have to remember when we talk about this draft. And that's why it's okay. We're coming away from this draft, only talking about potentially one starter that right. the Broncos added at special teams. The returner is, is that one guaranteed starter pretty much. So we just have to keep that in context when grading this and, and, and keep the expectations for this class there. Should I text um, uh, my boy, Nathaniel Hackett, and say, like, whatever you do, don't tell Montrell Washington that he's the starter on his first day of practice uh, like Vance Joseph did with Isaiah McKenzie? Well, I just talked to him about four minutes ago, and he's literally walking by right now. I can tell him now. Tell him. Tell him the last time that this happened, uh, things things went terribly wrong, and Isaiah McKenzie forgot how to catch the ball. That's a big yeah, issue. that's uh, that's important to remember. But he, of all people, have been guaranteed a starting job. I shouldn't say guaranteed, but it's close to guaranteed a starting job. And it shouldn't be that much of a surprise because Montreal guys was surprised he was even drafted, especially in the fifth round. So that just shows how desperate the Broncos were for that return. Wow. And that's kind of like it's you know when um. Like you're in a fantasy draft and you're just like, I want the best defense in the league. So I'm going to draft the, I'm going to be the first person to draft a defense. Or you're like, I want the best kicker in the league. I'm going to be the first person to draft a kicker uh, or a tight end, whatever it may be. That's kind of what the Broncos did here. They said, we want the best returner. Uh, and so we're going to, we're going to reach on a returner. And they got the guy who led FCS in combined kick and punt return yards and combined kick and punt return touchdowns. I think he's awesome. Um, Zach, let's talk a little bit about how George Payton and Nathaniel Hackett kind of contextualized this draft class. What the heck are you referring to there? What? Contextualized <laughs> <laughs> the draft class? How did they talk about it? What did they say about this class as a whole? 
what are we here? Are we talking in like 1850s right now? Like, are we talking like, about lingo, contextualized as some sort of difficult word? <laughs> is that an SAT word for you? I feel like he yeah, broke up and uh, heard something I mean, different. I don't know. Sentence. All right, mm. fine. Uh, let me simplify so wait, this for you. Did, how oh, does how George Payton feel about, about his draft that's class? How a, that's how a human talks about it. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I think he, I also am hearing myself when I talk, so I'm going crazy right now, guys. Um, but George Payton, I think, was very realistic about where this draft class is. He talked about guys' strengths. He talked about guys' weaknesses, especially last night, guys. With, with Nick Benito, he says he has to get stronger. Uh, Greg Dolchis has also has to get stronger. Talked about some of these other guys needing to, to learn and get better. So they're very uh, – they understand exactly where this draft class is. And day three was all about special teams. And so that's what we're really looking at here. Yeah, especially, I mean, even the first pick they made today, uh, Damari Mathis, he's a fourth cornerback. Yeah. And he has all the tools to become good, but George Payton even challenged him on where he... We are throwing the challenge Got flag like on you. You're on defense this year? I think uh -oh. you're back. I think you're back. You're back. You're back. I just said so many good things, guys. Oh, we'll never be able to recapture that moment. Damn. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll hit on something really quick. Any, uh, the defensive lineman, he is going Say to be name. the guy from today that has the biggest. Uh, that's what I said. Yeah. Uh, Iyoma Awuz. Uh, oh. Uwaz Arike. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Anyways, back to your point. He's going, Sorry. He, he, he's going to have the uh, the biggest impact of all of the day three guys this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts next to Draymond Jones, or I should say next to DJ Jones and across uh, from Draymond Jones. Yeah, he's one. He's he. I said he was tied for my most excited. Uh, the pick I was most excited about today. Um, and I was a little bit tongue in cheek cause I'm really excited about Montreal Washington. Um, but obviously he's not the same, you know, level of contributor that any or, uh, Ioma Uazarike could be. Um, but it's, it, it's really exciting to just see the way that he is so versatile. We talked about it a lot here. Uh, he can go inside, he can go, uh, you know, outside. Um, he's long, but he's strong. He doesn't yeah. get pushed around. Um, so I'm I'm excited about I'm excited about him for sure. How did were they were they as excited about him? Yeah, the only one question asked about him, but it, you you look at him and any he has everything you want. He's uh, really smart. He also is fantastic production. Oh my god, this tier me is driving me crazy, guys. <laughs> um, All right, make one really good point, and then we'll let you go. One really good, just about anyone. Anything that you learned today yeah. that will well, just blow I, us away. Okay. Um, very interesting point. <laughs> I asked George Payton, uh, you only added one pick for next year. And is that what you wanted to do? And he said, we wanted a few more picks. We did get that one. We're up to five. But by the time we enter the draft next year, we're going to have a lot more Broncos aren't going to be able to like trade a first round pick next year in order to add more picks. They're not going to be able to trade a third round pick. I should say they won't trade a third round pick for like four seventh round picks. So there's a lot of depth 
at certain positions on this team. Wide receiver, uh, outside linebacker is a huge one, which, by the way, Baron Browning is going to stay at outside linebacker. So they have six legitimate outside linebackers. you got to think one of those guys is being moved, whether it's in the next month, during the season, next off season, something is going to happen there. And and how, what's wow. George Payton looking? Is he looking to move Trinity Bensey for a sixth? Or is he looking to trade Bradley Chubb for a second? And stop laughing, Ryan, because I know I <laughs> messed up on that word a little bit. <laughs> you, you said it like we yeah, said Yeah, I was going to say, I laughed it. because we would call him Trini Bensey. Trini Bensey, <laughs> that's so good. Uh, okay, all right. So, Zach, we definitely have a segment um, this week about who the hell the Broncos are going to trade oh, yeah. uh, to gather picks for next year. Also... Or maybe he's that, planning on not re-signing any free agents, so he's assuming a lot of comp picks. That seems he's weird. just like, bro, with Russ's contract, I'm not going to be able to re-sign anyone. So. No, because as we know, comp picks affect the next year. Yeah, right. Like the oh, ball. That's an astute point. Yes, just like Madden. Um, <laughs> so like Madden, I yeah. honestly hate that Baron Browning news so much that I yeah. might just want to end the show. Worst news of the wow. day, Zach. Yeah. That you wow. actually ruined my day, Zach. How fast can we oh, get I'm you glad, over I'm here? Glad. I mean, <laughs> Nate and George are right here. I could ask them about it. See if uh, they could ruin your day with some other news. I feel like if they're right there, we should cut you loose so you can go, uh, you it's know, true. chop it up with them. Yeah, go chop it up. <laughs> All right, fellas. All right. Later, Zach. Uh, Zach was getting some some serious feedback there. Yeah, uh, yeah so that was killing. Me. I I know that feeling, and it is one of it's the awful. worst. It's awful, especially if there's a delay between. Oh, that's that's tough. So sometimes technology fails, but I thought he did a good job overall. He carried that very well. Yeah, it's not easy. Trust no, me, people. Really if you hard. haven't ever had your own voice being blasted back into your own ears right after you say those words you haven't lived yeah no you have you never <laughs> want to live that that's, a, that's like hell okay i know i would have loved to have asked him about you know some of these undrafted free agents he wouldn't have known anything about no. him uh <laughs> too plugged in he, he's plugged into you know the real guys okay mm -hmm. Let's finish here with just a, like I said, this is going to be a whole segment um, sometime this week. But what the hell does that mean when George Payton says we are going to have a lot more picks next year? Yeah, that's ambitious um, to say a lot more picks. I, It kind of feels like suddenly a toxic environment to work in when you're GM basically says no one's job is safe um i do wonder if he's planning on some comp picks just be mixed in but you're right those wouldn't count at all would they have anyone who would have generated comp picks from this last free agent class no right no so that's gonna be a problem but i do come back to what zach by was saying on thursday night about the wide receiver and edge rush rooms being a little tense a little complicated a little crowded a little crowded and Malik Reed jumps out if you don't plan to sign him long-term. Potentially Bradley Chubb jumps out. Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy does jump out, and KJ Hamler would jump out. Whew, that's a lot to stew on. 
Uh, I okay. So we have some super chats. So let's hit those before. It appears I go. they've also signed like four undrafted free agent wide receivers and so. corners. So, God, I hate that Baron Browning news. I'm gonna have to drink after this because of that. I'm telling you, Nick Nick Benito moves better in coverage than Josie Jewell. Like, well, for sure. You'll figure out this off-ball stuff some way, somehow. Fine. And they clearly don't care. That's the weird thing. They care more Maybe about their I'm... returners and long snappers than they do their starting <laughs> off-ball linebackers. Maybe they're just saying we're going to have one and it's Josie. I guess. On most downs. Well, and with those guys, Browning and Jewel, you basically can play a 4-2-5 that looks... And can like feel five at one. times like a five-one-five. Yeah. All right, all right. I like, I like uh, scheme versatility. So with whatever. a pick and choose, who we drop, who yeah, we bring. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's go here. To oh, the first can I finish a Benito thought? Yes. Because of his off-ball and pass rush combo value, and the uniqueness of the quarterbacks in the AFC West, mainly Mahomes and Herbert, I do think. He could handle some spy snaps. He's like done an off-ball guy. That's the spy. But sometimes he's going to come as a pass rusher. Sometimes he's going to drop. Sometimes he's just going to spy you. But if you're already going to rush him as a rusher anyways, using that number as a spy doesn't hurt you that much. It's still focused on the quarterback and coming for the quarterback. I do think, like, uh, and he plays the spy a ton at Oklahoma, and it makes him almost a harder eval. And obviously in the NFL, you just don't spy quarterbacks. Mahomes and Herbert kind of deserve an exception to that rule. The only thing about those two guys is they don't often break the line of scrimmage. Now, no, Mahomes but will for sure. I mean, it's putting pressure on them to not be able to like scramble and extend. Right. What, what happens, though, and this is just what makes them special... You set your spy oh, out there. They roll out one way. Your spy's like, all right, this is my time. This is my yeah, green light. Yeah, yeah. You go after him. They just go back the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not yeah. saying you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying it's that's what makes those guys crazy. Yeah, is there's sure. not really any answer to stopping them from doing what they do. 100%. All right. Um, let's get to the super chat. From Baumer44, why does Denver hate Miami wide receivers? LOL. Charleston Rambo transfers over. Goes 79 receptions, nearly 1,200 yards, 70 days with a freshman CD uh, QB signed by Carolina UFA. Why do people think that Denver hates their team? Someone else today was like, why does Denver hate Michigan State? <laughs> I'm like, funny, dude, they man. don't care. They just look at the players. They didn't like him. I really thought they'd draft a fullback, but I guess Andrew Beck's going to stay. Connor Hayward re, uh, reuniting with his brother. The other Hayward in uh, Pittsburgh. I, well, I'm blanking on his first name. Oh, okay. Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward. That is Connor Hayward's brother. I think Rap Sheet's having a joke there. No, that's actually his brother. Is it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I, I believe it then. Um, they have signed a lot of. UDFA free agent wide receivers and um yeah Rambo man he was great he was great at Oklahoma would have been fun would have made three for three Oklahoma's yeah Sooners all right and then final one of the super chats here 
Uh, from Jose, as always, for my man RK, 18 drafts since 2005, 61 picks in the first three rounds, only two LBs drafted, Nate Irving, shout out at, uh, NC State, and Baron Browning, both in the third round. The Broncos just don't value the position, which is so weird. So weird. That's crazy. Yeah. Yep. He also went on to say later that uh, last time they had a Pro Bowl inside linebacker was Al Wilson. In 2005. And that yeah. was the last time they cared about the position. <laughs> I know. DJ Williams drafted post Big Al. But, yeah. Still. Wait. They played all together. What was that super chat again? Just the year that they were mentioning? Since 05. Since 2005. Okay, first okay. three so rounds. Yeah. All right. One last uh, thing here. We had some friends in the bar today. Special we just men, met, uh, We just men, missed them. So, shout out to Mark Ellis, who's a British huge fan of the show uh from the uk out there uh, uh i'm gonna mess up the name but horsham west sussex nice, um, nice so they left a note for us uh thank you guys so much uh for coming to see us i'm sorry you you had to leave a little early before we fin or before we got here for the show uh but we appreciate you guys for your support all the way out there in the uk and big time we will find out next week if the Broncos are getting a London game. If so, Big Mark, time. we will be seeing you very soon. Wow. And we will be drunk. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> We're going to throw the fattest party that uh, any Americans have ever thrown in the UK. PH fat, he means. Because people in the UK hearing fattest party in america ever thrown would be like wow i didn't know that was possible um ph that would come from the midwest yeah, yeah, um yeah, absolutely all right i think that wraps it up for us it's Any? a solid draft ryan it is solid. a solid draft it's hard for me to get like really fired up about it um but i can get excited over nick benito for sure and i think greg dulcich is going to be a instant contributor and I think you got a lot of players with high athleticism grades, which I like, obviously. It's true. That can help you fill out, like, you know how everyone talks about, like, team speed with Oregon? Like, oh, they just sure, have team sure. speed. I think sure. there's something to be said for team athleticism in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. And so you can, the more you can just upgrade your depth athleticism, Depth lettuceism, as Depth some call it. Depth um, yeah. I think yeah, it can be really valuable. Plus, I I'm just, fingers crossed, Montreal, Washington is just going to be a baller. That would be amazing. What about as a deep threat for Ross, you know? I know the Ross speed. I know the straight line speed. I, I get think it. The straight line speed is there. Sorry, Gosh, Jay. Darn it. All right. Uh, I think that wraps up our draft coverage of the 2022 NFL draft. Thank you. To everyone who tuned in, thank you to everyone uh, on the other side of the cameras here at DNVR. Uh, Kale, Allie, Marissa, yeah, Yaya, yeah. Spence, Big Drive Spence was over there helping out with production. Eric Obviously, with the RG hopped on. Yeah. Zach, Mace, Eric with the graphics. Uh, Dwayne with the graphics. I know, downtown Dwayne Brown. Almost yeah. everyone here um, had a hand in putting on this production. It means a lot to us. Yes, it means it a lot to us that all of you guys come and watch us every year, yeah. which makes it 
a reason why we dedicate so many resources to it. So this has been an absolute blast. Uh, a very different draft, and, and that makes it even yeah, cooler that yeah. like we had seven thousand people watch last night's show with no with you know no high, the Broncos weren't drafting college stars that people had heard of. It's true. Um, so this has been a lot of fun. We appreciate you guys so much. And one fun thing about DNVR is we'll be literally right back with you tomorrow talking about the Denver Broncos. So thanks again uh, to everyone who tuned in. Thanks to our sponsors. And we will see you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast.